Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, November 30th, 2022. There is a difference between knowing a fact to be true and feeling that truth in your bones. For instance, just the other day, I was doing some homeschooling with my daughter and we were reviewing some facts. And one of those facts was at what temperature does water freeze? Well, 32 degrees Fahrenheit. That's a fact I know. And while you could say as a skinny man, I do feel it in my bones when the temperature gets below 32 degrees. That's not really what I'm talking about, right? I don't think about that truth that often. That truth doesn't really impact my life on a day-to-day basis. It's a reality. It's there. It's always there. But it's not something I think about. It's not something I build my life around. Today, we're looking at something that I think if you're listening to this podcast, you know it's a true fact. But what I want us to see is it's meant to be more than just something we acknowledge as a true fact, but something we feel to the depths of our being. Now, what is that fact? Well, it is the fact that uh, He is the Lord, that, that the one we worship is Yahweh. And we're going to see this in Ezekiel 24 through 27. Now, chapter 24 continues very much along the same lines of what we have been reading in Ezekiel lately, that God is going to punish Jerusalem for their sin. And we see today even this comparison of, you know, a pot and you put meat in the pot. God's saying, I am going to cook Jerusalem, and I am going to uh, to judge them for their sin. You know, he says in verse nine, "Woe to the bloody city!" Or in verse thirteen, "On account of your unclean lewdness, because I would have cleansed you, and you were not cleansed from your uncleanness, you shall not be cleansed any more till I have satisfied my fury." upon you, uh, right? That here's, here's the idea. You've had your chances to repent, but now is the time for judgment. And this is final. Now, remember, Ezekiel is not in Jerusalem. He is already in exile. So he is speaking to those who are in exile. And uh, some of them are maybe buying into some hope. Maybe this won't be so bad. Maybe Jerusalem won't be destroyed. And Ezekiel saying, no, God's wrath is coming. And God gives him another picture, a very painful one, uh, to, to model something for them. And that is that his wife was going to die. And God tells him, you're not to weep. Um, You're not to mourn for this. You should get dressed and uh, do what you normally do. And and that's the parable to saying, hey, you're going to see this devastating thing. You're going to see what he describes the temple in Jerusalem as the delight of your eyes and the yearning of your soul. Uh, it's going to be destroyed. Jerusalem, the temple is going to be destroyed. And just like I didn't mourn over my wife, you are not to mourn over that. And so part of this is just prophecy. God is declaring the future before it happens. 
And we see that in verse 24, where it says, Thus shall Ezekiel be to you a sign according to all that he has done, you shall do. When this comes, then you will know that I am the Lord God. So there's the key idea for us today. They, he, God wants them to know that he is the Lord God. And even you'll, you'll see this throughout either God there um, or Lord other places. When you see in the English Standard Version uh, that all caps or the small caps, it's going back to the name Yahweh. I want them to know that I am the Lord. And, and that goes back to Exodus chapter 3, where Moses asks God, what shall I say your name is? I am who I am. We are worshiping the great I am. And I want you to not just know that as a fact, but to feel that in your bones today, um, that God is the Lord. He is Yahweh. And even just think of the the specific truth here, and then we'll see in these other chapters as well, is that God declares the future before it happens. God controls the future. Do you believe that? It's one thing if you're a, if you're a Bible believing Christian, you believe then that God has through the scriptures and through prophets like Ezekiel given prophecies that have come true. That's a fact that you know. Do you feel that fact in your bones? Did you wake up today saying? I worship the God who knows what's going to happen today. I worship the God who's sovereign over what's going to happen today and tomorrow in this year, in my nation, in the nations around the world. And speaking of the nations, that's what it transitions to next. We kind of get away from Jerusalem in these following chapters and we look at other nations like Ammon, Moab, Seir, Edom. Those all would have been on the eastern side of the Jordan River and the Dead Sea. Then uh, the common Old Testament bad guys, the Philistines right along the coast, along uh, near what we would think of today as the Gaza Strip. And then he talks about this uh, city called Tyre. Now, this was a, a city north of Israel, right on the coast. And you can see it, it clearly was a majestic and productive and wealthy city. You even see that in chapter 27. And I think that's a good reminder. Even economic prosperity is not necessarily a bad thing. There's a lament that all of that was lost. All right. We don't want to become materialistic. We don't want to worship those material things lest we end up like Tyre, but uh, this, uh, th this wealth and really this, uh, economic success is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, and there's a mourning when it is lost. But God, uh, he predicts disaster for all of these places and it comes true. Uh, even you can see that even the prophecy against Tyre, he says it's going to be scraped bare like a rock. Well, guess what? Eventually was scraped bare like a rock. They built a causeway out to the island part of the city and they wiped it out. And he says, hey, it's never going to be rebuilt. This has never been a magnificent city again since uh, it was destroyed. And, and at the end of all of these uh, prophetic words, you see words like this in chapter 20. 5 verse 7, then you will know that I am the Lord. Verse 11, then they will know that I am the Lord. Uh, verse uh, 17, I will execute great vengeance on them with wrathful rebukes. Then they will know that I am the Lord when I lay my vengeance on them. Or he says the same thing about Tyre in chapter 26 verse 6. He wants everyone to know that he is 
the Lord. So is that something that we know, that we truly believe in our hearts, that we know there is a God who controls time, he controls history, he brings judgment to nations, and I know him. And that actually connects with what we read in the New Testament today in 1 John 2. There's a lot of things that we could go over in 1 John. So I hope you read this chapter carefully. But there's this section in the middle of the chapter, verses 12 through 14, um, that, that talks, it uses different phrases. It talks about little children, fathers, and young men. Um, and it goes through these three stages twice. And I do think there's some level of understanding here that this represents stages of spiritual growth. But both times it speaks to the father, notice what it says. I am writing to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. Uh, that connects, right? The fathers, the, the most spiritually mature, they know God. And they look how even it describes God here. It describes him as him who is from the beginning. I think that even connects with that idea of Yahweh. He is the great I am. It's not even who was from the beginning, who is from the beginning. Uh, We, that's who we know. And so that's where, do you want to be spiritually mature? then you need to feel this truth deep down inside that God is the Lord. He is the great I am. He is the one who always has been, always will be. He always is. And he's the one that we worship. He's controlling nations, the future, history, all of it. And think about the effect that should have on your life, right? You think of fathers, uh, almost as people, they, they've been around, they've seen a lot, but they know him who is from the beginning. Uh, they have that confidence. They're not easily shaken. Do you want to be like that? Trust in our God, the Lord, Yahweh, the one who is from the beginning. And if we really know him, that's going to help us as we see in verses 15 through 17, uh, not love the world or the things in the world, because we're not getting caught up in this world, which is so temporary because we love the great I am, the eternal God. And we want to prepare for his coming. We'll close with the last two verses of 1 John 2, and now little children abide in him. Uh, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Uh, Just that, that's a good way to filter your thoughts today. Am I about to do anything that I would be ashamed of if Jesus came back right now? We want to live in a way of, of confidence because ultimately we know him who is from the beginning. So that is my prayer for you today, that you would be reminded of really a basic elementary truth of who God is, but that you would embrace it not just as a fact that you know, but a truth that really impacts the core of who you are, how you think, and how you live that he is the Lord and you know him who is from the beginning. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.